0: another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, March the 9th. Wherever you are and whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today. Thanks for being present uh, with me to break open more of God's Word. We are one week into this 40-day journey, right? One week into this 40-day retreat. How's it been so far for you? And if it's been pretty normal, if it's been pretty um, just you know routine, hey, you know what? Here's the good news. We have five more weeks in front of us, and uh, and that can start today. There, there's, there's no disqualifying ourselves if uh, we didn't hear the starting gun on Ash Wednesday. Okay that race, that journey, that retreat can be can begin today too. Uh, so let's break open God's word. We have kind of a shorter one today. Uh, we're going to jump to Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 11, verses 29 to 32. Now, like I've been doing a lot during Lent, I suspect I will continue doing it, but I certainly will do it today. I'm going to jump back and forth between the first reading and this reading because the first reading really ties in, uh, of course— uh, intentionally, with our gospel. But uh, I'm going to read out of the, the uh, New American version, the USCCB. Uh, it's going to come off of that website. So Luke eleven twenty nine 29 to 32. So let's break open God's word today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While still more people gathered in the crowd, Jesus said to them, this generation is an evil generation it seeks a sign but no sign will be given it except the sign of jonah just as jonah became a sign to the ninevites so will the son of man be to this generation at the judgment My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I think the the question that we, when we hear this gospel, at least the one that I was mulling on, um, I think the question we have to ask is, what is the sign of Jonah? What are we talking about here? Because I think that's the key to understanding this verse. It's understanding where Jesus is pointing us. Now I, I'm sure many of you remember this, but uh, you know, forgive. I'm just going to uh, go over the story of Jonah briefly. Uh, and Jonah is a parable. Uh, it's looked at. Uh, some people put Jonah, the book of Jonah, it's from the Old Testament, into the prophetic literature. I think most people that I uh, follow and I read put Jonah into the wisdom literature, and I would agree with that because Jonah is more about forgiveness. It is more about uh, who God is and what God invites us to, to be uh, in, a, in a wisdom sense. So it's, a, it's only four chapters. You could read Jonah in, gosh, 20 minutes, and it's a wonderful book. But uh, essentially this, you know it. God calls Jonah to go preach to the people of Nineveh. The people of Nineveh are their blood enemies of, of the Hebrew people. And Jonah runs. Jonah runs not because he's like, I'm not worthy of the call. Jonah runs not because he's like, well, I'm, I, I really don't want to do that. I'd really rather just be a carpenter. Jonah runs because he doesn't want the people of Nineveh to be forgiven. And he knows that's where God's going to go. And he's like, I don't want that to happen. And so he gets on a boat. Of course, the boat is, is, uh, encounters the storm, too much stuff. Ultimately, they throw Jonah overboard when he says, hey, here's why the storm's here. And for three days, he's held in the belly of the whale, right? He's swallowed by the large fish, which ultimately spits him up on the shores of Nineveh. And uh, he goes about preaching in Nineveh. Uh, a city so big, takes three days to get through, preaches for one day, and the people repent, all right? Now, we, that's, that's the, the, the crux of the story, now, it goes on uh, when Jonah goes up on a hill to say, hey, I want to see God destroy this city, and God doesn't, and Jonah gets mad at God, but, but that's, you know, that's the rest of the story. So here's, here's the first reading from today. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just want to read the first part, and it's contained in what I just talked about. Uh, so this is Jonah chapter three. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Now, this is after the fish spit him up, all right? The first time is when Jonah ran. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, set out for the great city of Nineveh and announce it to the message that I will tell you. Uh, Excuse me, and announce to it the message that I will tell you. So Jonah made ready and went to Nineveh, according to the Lord's bidding. Now, Nineveh was an enormously large city, took three days to go through it, Jonah began his journey through the city, had gone but a single day's walk, announcing 40 days more and Nineveh shall be destroyed. When the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and all of them, great and small, put on sackcloth. So what is the sign of Jonah? I think it's easy. When I was contemplating it, I think the easy answer is uh, Jonah being swallowed by the, the great fish, right? By the whale, we say, whatever it is. Jonah um, in the depths. It's, a, it's a wonderful part of Jonah when he's sinking down into the sea and uh, and the prayer that he says, you know, and he's going into the depths. And, uh, and I think that would be the easy thing to say. Well, Jesus will be swallowed up in death for three days, just as Jonah was swallowed up by the, the, the fish for three days. Goes into that belly of the beast and, and comes out on the other side. I think that's the, the, the easy way to play this, but I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. And here's why. Because here's what Jesus says. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites... All right, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. All right, so we could still say, well, Joe, that's three days in the belly of the fish. But that wasn't a sign for the Ninevites. They didn't know the journey to get there. But then Jesus, I think, uses two examples here that uh, solidify a different sign. At the judgment, the queen of the south will rise with the men of this generation, and she will condemn them. Why? Because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and and became somebody new after encountering that wisdom. And there's something greater, he says, than Solomon here. And at the judgment, the people of Nineveh will arise with this generation and condemn it. Why? Because the preaching of Jonah and his preaching uh, the the people repented, and there's something greater than Jonah here. The sign of Jonah, I think, brothers and sisters, is the wisdom, is is the the person of Christ, uh, and and the people are encountering that person right now, and it's not changing their hearts. Again, let's go to the beginning of our gospel. While well, still more people gathered in the crowd, so the crowd is looking at him, and the crowd is asking for another sign. What? Give us a sign that we should believe in you. Well, he's given how many signs, right, my friends? We're in Luke 11 already. He has raised people from the dead. I mean, the 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 widow of, of Nain or her son. Um, he has uh, fed the five thousand. He has has. Uh, cured demoniacs? He's done everything. What more? What what other sign can I give you? What what spectacular image can I do that's gonna, that's gonna all of a sudden open your eyes or more importantly open your heart. And that's where he says listen, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign. It seeks a sign to believe I've been I've been giving it I've been been living it. I've been preaching the word not only with my words, or I've been preaching God not only with my words, but with my actions and my life and what the kingdom of God looks like. But you all aren't open. And he says that's the issue. And that's why the people of of Nineveh will rise against this generation. Why? Because at the preaching of Jonah, at, at Jonah's word, they heard and took it at face value and said, we need to become somebody new. Brothers and sisters, I remember at the beginning of this pod, I said, hey, have you started? How's your, how's your, Ash Wednesday, or excuse me, how's your Lent going so far? We're a week in. That there is no starting line. That's officially the church's starting line. But, but our starting line with God, it can be today. Because it's whenever we open our hearts and say, Lord, I've tried to do all this on my own. I've tried to make myself worthy in your eyes. I've tried to make myself worthy in other people's eyes. I've, I've looked for life everywhere else. Um, I've done all these things trying to make you come alive, control you, or, or, or make it be about me. All these things. And I end up hitting my head against that same wall. And Jesus says, are you ready? Are you ready? Brothers and sisters, what this gospel is about, it's not about signs. It's not about being in bellies of fish. It's simply about, is your heart and my heart, are they open and ready for something new? My friends, I think... I don't even know how, how to say it, we like routine, we like tradition, we like not to have to put our own thought, our own conscience, our own risk, our own, you know, stepping out there in faith, uh, out there, because we could be wrong, or we could be laughed at, and, and when we simply do what others did coming before us, it's far, far less risky. Because they did it, and all I have to do is follow that path. But you know what following that path does? It doesn't put our own being in it. It doesn't put our own heart, our own uh, soul, our own mind, our own uh, uh, fullness into it. It simply says, okay, others have taken this path. That's all I have to do. And God says, I'm not interested in them. I'm not interested in that path. I'm interested in what you bring me today, your heart, your mind. Is it open to newness? Every day, brothers and sisters, every day, God recreates us anew. And every day, we have a chance to open our heart to say, Lord, okay, take me where you want me to be. Not where maybe others want me to be, not where particularly my friends want me to be, not where uh, others all my life, my parents, my teachers, my my co-students in school, whatever, it said, this is who you are. Because if they were wrong and it's not who I am, remind me who I am in you because that's who I need to be today. Brothers and sisters, we get another day today, recreated, made anew for us to turn around, to repent. That's what repent means. You know that to listen anew to your message to us and to proclaim that message in our life with our being and in our world. You know, that's the good news of today. And this really is a good news gospel. Jesus might seem a little uppity, but he's not. He's telling; he's being honest. He's saying, open yourselves. Once you open yourselves, um, God... This this whole idea of God coming into us and and making us new—it's just going to happen. So here's what I want to say. I want to go back to the first reading to give you the good news of what Jesus is saying. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. It didn't just come once, and when Jonah ran, that was it. Brothers and sisters, the word of the Lord comes to us again today. And you know the other good news—it's going to come again tomorrow and the next day and the day after that god continually invites us now that doesn't mean we say okay well he's going to come again tomorrow i don't have to change anything today that's a dangerous philosophy and it's a trap we have today we're not promised anything tomorrow god's grace if if we are given tomorrow god's grace will be there for us but we're playing fast and loose if we if we trust that tomorrow is going to be there for us. We have today, and we have God's invitation. And here's the second part of the good news. Set out for the great city of Nineveh, and God says, and announce to it the message that I will tell you. Brothers and sisters, you and I get to announce the message that God will tell you, and the God will tell me. Not that my parents told me that this is who I am. Not that others have told me that this is who I am, the message that God tells you of who you are, and you get to announce that with your being, and the third piece of good news, Jesus says, you know, this is an evil generation, none of that, none of that, that being a generation whose hearts are not open, who think they know God, but they don't, who think they're at the finish line, but they're not, they're only at the starting line, None of that stopped Jesus from giving them the message. Nineveh being a, a evil generation, an evil city, didn't stop God's forgiveness from entering in. God's grace is not dependent on us. Do you hear that? We I just heard it yesterday. Oh, this this, you know, people just don't care for themselves anymore. You know, they don't, they don't, they're not good anymore. You know what? I don't know, I don't know if that's true. But here's what I know. I know God's grace is available today. The question is for you and I, will we open our minds, our hearts, our beings to that grace? Open it anew to let God invite us someplace new. Not someplace old. Someplace we've already trodden. Someplace new. Yeah, risky. Someplace new where we may be rejected. Hey, but you know what? it'll be adventurous and god will be with us because it's the message that god invites us with this is good news today brothers and sisters so let's lift it in prayer we begin in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen the third glorious mystery the descent of the holy spirit our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a wonderful Wednesday. Bless you. May our hearts be open to where God invites us this day. God's peace.